0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Dr. Eric Russell as we continue our weekly servant leadership discussions. This week, we explore the concept of credibility as it relates to servant leadership. Dr. Eric Russell, welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks. I'm excited to continue our weekly servant leadership uh, series where we discuss different aspects of servant leadership each and every week over the course of this COVID summer that we've all been experiencing as we're in isolation and in lockdown and, and trying to stay healthy and safe. So we've been meeting weekly. Uh, all summer long to talk about different topics. And today we're going to be talking about credibility and how it relates to servant leadership. Uh, For listeners who may have not um, caught our previous episodes in this series, um, I would encourage you to go back and look at the back catalog of our episodes. And you'll find each week um, for the last several months, we've been uh, dissecting servant leadership and talking about a different piece of it each and every week. Um, for, for listeners who also may have not caught previous episodes, Dr. Eric Russell has been joining me on each of these discussions. Uh, he is an Associate Professor of Emergency Services at Utah Valley University and an HCI Research Associate. So welcome back, Dr. Russell. It's great to have you with me again, and I look forward to this discussion uh, as my dog barks in the background. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's the COVID life, isn't it? That we're we, we're uh, balancing the, uh, the yeah. work and home and family. And all my kids start school um, next week, and they're all doing online school because of COVID. And it's going to be an, an adventure. Mm-hmm. Both parents are professors. Six kids. Dog.
1: What else is in that house? We have what two, else? two dogs. Two. Dogs. Oh, two dogs. Because one wasn't enough. Huh? <laughs> there you go.
0: The the dogs needed a play buddy. So, I I I completely understand, brother. <laughs> completely understand. Well, as we get started, anything you would like to add uh, for the listeners in terms of your background uh, or just in relation to this topic as we dive in? So it's exciting to talk
1: about credibility because this is this is one thing that I think is at the forefront of our society today. And um, the way people behave in the 24 hour news cycles, the posts, the Twitters, the social medias, you name it. um, And also the the credibility of leaders. So when people open their mouth about, um, about things, do you have credibility to even speak on it? Uh, Are you an honest and truthful individual? It's a, It'll lead us nicely into the next talk, either next week or the week after, because we all know the university is starting when we start talking about trust, but credibility, credibility is huge because once you lose it, and we'll talk about like celebrities and famous people um, losing their credibility, once like trust, once it's gone, once you lose it, it's gone forever. You, you really can't get it back anymore.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it takes, it takes a long time to develop credibility, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we think about the intersection um, of, of credibility and reputation and trust and just relationship building. Uh, all of those go closely and tightly together. And it, I mean, you have to earn people's trust. You have to earn credibility. You develop your reputation over a long period of time. You develop relationships over a long period of time. And if we want to be seen as someone who is credible In our field, someone who's credible as a leader, someone who's credible in our like authentic relationships with others, then we have to make, we have to put our best foot forward consistently day in and day out. That doesn't mean we need to be perfect, of course, because everyone has missteps, but credibility, while it doesn't mean perfection, it means consistency. And it means that when you do make a mistake, Credibility requires you to own up to that mistake, to acknowledge it, to apologize sincerely for it, and then to to correct it and to move forward. Um, And so I think all of these different pieces um, start to fit together as we talk about credibility. Um, So you always do a really great job each week of framing these topics in relation to the foundational um, thinkers around servant leadership. So, how does credibility fit in to the broader framework of servant leadership uh, and some of those those key core aspects that we we talk about each and every week? Great. So, when you read when you read
1: Greenleaf's original works, when you read the work of like Don Frick, um, Larry Spears, you can start you start seeing the the concepts of of trust emerge from that, and just and and why it matters so much. But the reason that credibility sits in, not so much as a characteristic construct or attribute, but it's one of those things that just hangs out there. It's that it's it's not specific, but it's there. And here's the here's why. You can't fake being a servant leader for very long. Um, when you try to put your one public face on to your people, of I'm there to meet your needs, I'm there to Uh, build community. I'm there to empower you. When you you go through Greenleaf's writings, that is a genuine approach that he says it is a desire to serve first. So that's where it stems from. And if you don't have that desire, it would behoove you to just be like, listen, I think servant leadership is ice cream for breakfast. Here's why. And I'm not going to cultivate myself like you used a great word in what you just said when it came to authenticity authentic okay if if you try to fake being a servant leader once you understand greenleaf's writings it's just going to crumble because you're not going to be able to keep it up people will see people will see through it and so if you're like i believe in empowering of people and delegating to people. And so you give people, like we talked about empowerment a few weeks ago, and then you hand people these assignments. And then the next thing you know, you're standing over them. You're following up with them. You're asking them, hey, did you look at this, 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 and this? Did you think about doing this? So you're technically a micromanager. So you are only a servant leader on paper. You're only a servant leader out of your mouth, but it's not who you really are. And so the reason that credibility goes to the heart of this philosophy is, is that you can, a lot of people want to say that they're servant leaders and they do. There's a lot of famous and rich people that are, that are out there and you're, you'll hear them in talks and whatever seminars that they're giving, be it on the internet or that you attend, they're like, I'm a servant leader. This is what I believe in, but they're really not. And when they say it, it hurts their credibility because I would much rather hear them say, listen. I have serious trust issues when it comes to people. I micromanage the hell out of my people, but I pay them a ton of money and I get things done. I'll be like, I respect you because you're going to be open about it. But the reason that credibility matters is is that you can't just say that you're a servant leader and just and then be an authoritarian um, or you know x type x style um, you know administrator. So that's why it fits in with the philosophy the way the way it does.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, really, credibility is is an important facet in many leadership theories uh, and, and leadership approaches. And certainly within servant leadership, it has to be there. Um, one of the things that we talked about, you know, when we're uh, in our pre-discussion today, we were talking, we were just talking shop, you know, about the university and leadership courses and organizational behavior courses and those sorts of things. And so when you're get, when you get into like an organizational behavior course and you start to talk about the different types of um, not just leadership theories, but the different types of power, the different types of, um, of, of the ability to fl- influence other people and credibility is one of those key facets. And there's, there's, it takes different forms and you have expert credibility, for example. Um, you have relational um, uh, credibility and you have the, all these different types of, of ways that you can demonstrate credibility. The, the The bottom line is that we have to be able to demonstrate authentic um, credibility to our people as a leader, regardless of what our predominant leadership um, style is or whatever philosophy or theory we kind of espouse to. They have to see us as credible, and they have to see us credible, as credible across different types of credibility. So for me, um, as a leader, I have to demonstrate to the people who follow me, who, who report to me, who, who you know, look to me as a leader, I have to demonstrate my expert credibility, right? I'm, do I have expertise in the areas that I'm talking about, or am I just blowing smoke talking um, out of my rear end and, and just trying to make stuff up on the fly, people see through that in a heartbeat and they'll be able to tell. Um, on the other hand, if, if over time I've developed expert credibility, they'll look to me as someone uh, you know who, who knows what I'm talking about. Um, I've already mentioned relational credibility. Uh, am I someone who they can count on You know, day in, day out? Am I consistent? Do they know that I'm a safe person to talk to when there's a problem? Um, do they know that I will do what I say I'm gonna do when I say I'm gonna do it, or at least do the best I can to do it? Um, that's something that you you develop over time. Uh I, I don't just get to show up and say, Hey, trust me, I'm a credible person, you can you can rely on me. That's not the way it works. No. People people are much too cautious for that. Um, especially in the workplace. In in outside of the workplace where you don't have like the the guillotine of, of, of workplace death hanging over you constantly where you could get fired at any p- given point in time for mm. basically no reason, um, especially in a place, you know, we're in Utah, we're in an at-will um, uh, state uh, where, where really you don't need a reason. As long as it's not discriminatory, you don't need a reason to fire somebody. You can just show up and not have a job. So, so people are going to be careful they're going to um, watch their back and they're they're not going to just automatically confide in you or rely on you or whatever unless you develop those those forms of credibility over time. Um, so I think I think of leadership uh, and teaching credibility. Um, do, do people see me as someone who will consistently provide the types of feedback that they need to to be their best selves? Do they see me as someone who will provide that in a timely manner? I mean, the list could go on and on and on into all the different facets of how we interact with other people. But the bottom line is, as a servant leader, if I truly am committed and devoted to empowering my people, helping them, lifting them, helping them to become their best selves, um, I I can't do that. I, I just simply cannot do that unless I first develop that credibility uh, within myself, so that others can then see that yes, I am someone worthy of their attention, worthy of their trust, worthy of their um, of their followership, so that they are willing to pay attention to me when I'm trying to lift them. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll unpack everything you just said. It's humility. You know, you if you want to earn credibility with people. Um, when you don't know something, say I don't know. You know one of one of the things that destroys credibility with with your followers or even with your with your coworkers is when you just make something up. You don't know what you're talking about. Um. I like I like the idea of academia today. Some people will rage against the young. But I like the idea of academia today when it comes to technology, because when you're speaking as a professor, the student has the ability of just grabbing that little device in their hand and calling BS on whatever it was you just said. If they find out that you're making things up, your all your credibility is lost. Um but the other thing that you talked about was being that expert now we all know we all know the truth right like if you've been through a doctoral program you know this much about this much maybe like that much you're an expert in in like that right and so when you speak of things outside of that like if you're speaking of something that you have all of this education all of this this experience in You are speaking from a place of credibility. You know, you spent years studying and cultivating and research and talking and teaching on certain subject matters that makes you an expert on something. You have credibility when you open your mouth on the subject matter. But if you were to speak of astrophysics, you don't know a damn thing, right? Unless unless you're like I, I, I
0: I, I not only don't know a damn thing, like if I were to open my mouth about astrophysics, um, I would sound so stupid. Uh-huh. And and the only thing I could possibly do is just completely make stuff up. And and it's like that old movie clip um, that you may or may not be familiar with, but it's it's the guy who, who says, um, I'm now dumber for having listened to you. <laughs> And God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? what movie was that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember. But that's what it would be if I tried to talk about astrophysics, but right. or or uh, or a thousand other topics, right? Like there, sure. I, I I know a lot about a lot of things, you know, it, within the realm of of what I've studied. But there's a whole like most things I don't know much of anything about. So right. so we have to be careful about what we assert our expertise on. To your point, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I'm speaking on astrophysics, I'm going to be like, I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, which I do. And I'm going to stop at that and be like, you should check out his stuff. He's brilliant. And he's a great teacher. And his books are awesome. And then leave it at that. Right. But because you have the credibility behind your name, i.e. the PhD that sits behind your name when you speak, people will listen to what you have to say. But if they find out what you're saying to them, i.e. that diseases are caused by demons, they're going to probably come down on you with a ton of bricks once they find out that you were completely full of crap. Because just your position alone, i.e. a position of privilege and power as both a professor and a doctor, gets people to willingly listen to you automatically. And so you can can really abuse that. And once they find out that you're abusing it, all of your credibility is gone. Nobody's going to listen to you at that point. And that's that's what happens with leaders, especially with middle managers. A lot of times middle managers will get in trouble because they're in a situation that they can't handle. And they'll either say, well, they said, or the high up said, well, you also will have people like myself and like you that will work in your organization that will email that individual and say, did you say that? And when I find out that you didn't, we're going to have a real problem. The other thing is, is you have people that work in organizations have certain levels of responsibility or power that don't even know the standard guidelines, operating procedures and policies of the organization that they work with. So they will just go off willy nilly and say, well, policy says X. Well, again, you have people like me that work in organizations and people like you that will go to our desk and open up that policy and read it. And if I catch the fact that you made it up, you're going to have a problem on your hands. And when you do those kind of things, you lose credibility. That is, people are going to look it up. Like I said, in academia, it's great. Kids have these phones. They can look it up and they can call BS right then and there. They're like, that's not what happened. That's not what this says. You know, you didn't do that kind of a thing. They have the ability to fact check you on the spot, which is a a good thing is the way that I see it, you know? But middle managers and people in different positions, they get in trouble with this stuff because they will use either the they said or policy says. And it, it, unless you know for a fact that policy 37 that, that is uh, to, to do with people's paid time off says X, if you just make something up on the fly and be like policy says, your credibility is going to get hit. And your people are not long are going to trust you because they're going to see you as a liar. Because that's really what it is: is when you lose credibility, you become you become a liar. You know, you, you become Bernie Madoff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and the example you're giving uh, about kind of pushing either, either uh, quieting um, questions or dissent within an organization by saying, by referring to some policy, right? Or trying to push action by saying, well, policy says we have to do this, so let's do it. Uh, it goes both ways. And organizational leaders do that all the time. Um, and they, they try, they used that as kind of the trump card, the 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 blunt stick to get people to not do things or to do things, whatever they want, whatever that thing might be. Uh, and, and it becomes kind of this dogmatism of policy as, as if policy in and of itself is even a good enough reason to not do something or to do something, you know, because, because sometimes it's just bad policy or sometimes the policy doesn't even address a particular context or situation. And so you have to push back, you know? And so, I see that all the time and it gets so frustrating. And yeah, one of the easiest ways, the quickest ways for me to, to uh, feel like the credibility of a leader has diminished is when they just start to take really what to me seems as like the easy route, the quick route, the cutting corners approach to leadership by just throwing the Trump card and saying, well, I'd like to help you, but you know, policy says (laughs) this or, you know, I, I know this sucks. I know it's stupid. I know there's no good reason to do this, but policy policy says we have to do this, so let's do it, you know? Yeah. Whether they're making it up or not, that's such a dumb response um, to, to when someone has a legitimate question or concern or or whatever. So we, we have to be able to speak to the actual why behind what that policy supposedly says or doesn't say. And if the why doesn't make sense, then maybe the policies should be thrown out, you know? Ah, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you want to know what your policy. I I tell anybody that I'm working with, um, especially at that C-suite level um, or executive level leadership in the public services. I tell them every single one of your policies need to be serving your people, not your people serving your policies. And you need to go through those policies and and see and and, and dissect them through that lens. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because if the policy does say something like that, then yeah, it's toxic. That, that's,
0: that's toxic. Yeah, absolutely. So so let's talk a little bit more about one way to develop credibility, which perhaps might seem at odds with servant leadership to some. So I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, we live in a world that is, is just full of noise. There's so much information out there on every topic. Um, people are constantly fact checking each other, like you said, which is a good thing. Um, but there's, I mean, there's just so much information, it's information overload. Um, and so if I am trying to develop credibility for myself as an expert, as a leader, one of the things that I, I really have to do is some form of self-promotion, um, so that I can let people know what I know. So I can let people know what I've accomplished so I can let people know what has come from the work that I've done over, you know, a sustainable period of time. Uh, But that's inherently kind of a uh, inward focused activity, right? um, uh, Self-promotion, self-marketing. How does that fit with servant leadership or does it fit uh, as we're trying to develop credibility for our people?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. I believe it does fit. It depends on how you approach um, your self-advertising, right? If you If you promote work, like important work, like, hey, you know, we've just spent the last two years doing this research, here's the findings, here's the link, this is how you can do this kind of stuff. That's one thing. But there's a difference between promoting your work in a positive light that because it helps people and organizations be their best selves and be arrogant and um, having that lack of humility. That's the difference. It really is about the approach. It's not, you know what, all the work on this subject matter completely sucked. And then I went out there and I did this and I did that and I published this and I've given this talk and blah, 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 blah. Well, your humility's out the door. Now you might be the president of the United States. I have no idea. But at the same time, that's really where it comes, comes down. That's what it comes down to is, is the humility and how you approach the subject matter. So if I'm working with somebody who's a fire chief, you know, and we're working on an issue, I might say to the fire chief, Hey, listen, we had some research come out a few years ago. Here's a copy of the journal article. Well, you know i wrote a book on this subject matter so and so published it out there here's a copy i'd love to sign it for you instead of being like no i'm the expert on this you need to listen to me blah 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 it, it to me it's to me it's just approach and it starts with humility it, you just you always keep that in mind and the other thing is a lot of people especially if they're looking for solutions will be put off on the way somebody will approach them as an arrogant know-it-all. Even if you are a subject matter expert in something, it's good to be a little, um, little humble in it when you approach it. Because what you think is, is coming across one way might actually be coming across as you talking down to somebody else. You know? Because they're already intimidated. They're having a problem and they see you as the person that is a solution. So there's already a power balance that exists within, within that. And a little bit of humility will go a long way. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't, that you shouldn't be confident, you know, and it also doesn't mean that you shouldn't be proud of what you accomplished. I think that is, I think that, that your accomplishment matters. I believe that the self-interest of the individual matters. And that's why, if you want to get things done, you need to sell to the self-interest of, of another. Not the self-interest of you, but to them. However, it all comes into the approach. And that's where it fits in serving leadership. It really fits in that key of humility of, yeah, and I know your CV. I'm just talking about you personally. You, you're a scholar. You're, you, you have more experience than, than most people in, in in these areas. But you come across as a very likable, credible Humble individual, and that makes you approachable. That's why people always want to work with you, man. They want to work with you, they want to work for you. That's why. And it's not because you don't have game, you've got mad game. It's just you also have just enough humility to allow people in. And that's how I see it. If you're on social media beating your chest all the time about all of the stuff that you've accomplished, you're not an approachable person and you're not humble, and people are going to find a way to not have you around them.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's right. It can be a hard uh, balance to strike, and that's something that I worry about. Because um, I'm generally, I would like to just let my work speak for itself, you know, um, right. and, and not even self-promote at all. Uh, but I also know that um, success leads to other successes, and if nobody knows about the success that I've had, I'm not going to be able. I'm not as likely to be able to leverage that success. Into another opportunity, right? And so I have to do some self-promotion um, just to let people know, let people be aware of it, uh, and then hopefully they'll know what I can do to help them, right? So that's that's the approach I try to take, and I'm I'm sure I don't always strike the perfect balance, um, but I agree with you. I don't think I don't think self-promotion to develop personal and professional credibility is is that odds with servant leadership at all. Um, I don't think it's at odds um, with being approachable uh, or authentic or anything like that, uh, depending on how we do it. I mean, we both know individuals who self-promote in such a way that they're basically talking down to people all the time. And they're saying, I'm the expert. I'm the only one who is the expert. I'm the only one who has the authority to talk on this issue. You need to just stop even thinking for yourself and just do what I say, trust me. Um, if that's the approach that you're taking in your self-promotion, man, that's. I mean, I I, I don't think that's going to lead to positive relationships or servant leadership. I also actually don't think it's going to be effective self-promotion in the broader sense because I think most people get annoyed by it. Um, oh, big but, time. But but uh, you know, uh, we we both know people who do that and they tend to not, they, they might have a really strong public profile, but they tend to not be particularly good leaders. Um, and they, they don't tend to be the type of people that others would like to work with or for. Um, and so, so it's, it's striking the balance and it's finding a way to share what you've accomplished with, with the end in mind being not, I just want people to say good job and stroke your ego, but, it's, it's really in order to be able to help more people and do your work better because now people understand what you've done and what you can do and they, and they, they want to work with you so that they, they can benefit and it becomes part of the process of, of lifting those around you. If that's the intention and that's the outcome in mind, you know, we're, we may not always get it right exactly in terms of the balance and how we frame things but I think people can see the effort and they can see the authenticity of what we're trying to accomplish. Yes. And And it stands
1: out, you know, it, it stands out. I think one of the biggest problems today, and it's going to have an effect on the young are the talking heads on television that are experts in everything. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll talk about foreign policy, um, Egyptian culture um uh, culinary uh they'll give their two cents on music, they know everything about politics um they certainly understand financing and credit default swaps um, and i i think I think that's having a negative effect on some people because they're thinking I can have a superficial understanding of something and I have the same knowledge that you do where there's, but I think that society itself that's happening and social media is getting that way too where people are chiming in on everything. It's like if, if you don't understand the underlying issues in Uganda, shut the hell up and let people who actually do talk about those things. Again, astrophysics. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen to Neil Grass Tyson talk about astrophysics and he's going to have to talk about it on an element and an elementary scale. Cause I'm a moron. Okay. But let, let the real expertise experts out there speak and let, let those credible individuals speak because that's something that I'm watching happen in our society today is I'm watching people, um, think that just because you read a wikipedia page you can speak credibly on something and i think that's i think that's dangerous in our society my wife has a saying well, will her, her profession in nursing it's don't mistake your your google search for my nursing degree um but yeah i think that's i think that's a real issue in our society um And people just need to be humble. You know, you can be an expert at something, but you can't be an expert at everything. I have a nice car, right? And here's what I can do if something happens to that vehicle. I know how to open the hood. Like, that's it. Once I open it up, (laughs) that is a high tech piece of machinery that I need an expert to work on. You know, I can fly on an airplane, have a nice drink, put my feet up, just enjoy myself but I can't go into that cockpit and fly the damn thing. I need an expert to do that. I need somebody who's an expert to uh, take care of that, that issue. And that to me, that to me is why credibility matters. It matters from those of us to respect other people that are experts um, and, and to give them the respect that they deserve as, as, as credible individuals and in, in what it is that they're speaking about.
0: Yeah. And, and to loop back, you know, I hope the listeners will remember, we've been talking for the last little bit about expert credibility. Um, but remember, I mean, there's a lot of different types of credibility and effective leaders, they need to have at least some level, level of expert credibility, at least for the sphere within within their organization in which they're, they're leading, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it also relates back to relational credibility. It, it relates back to um, just the trust that people have in you because you say what you do, what you say you'll do. And, and they, they can rely on that. So, so again, credibility takes a lot of different forms. It's essential to developing strong workplace relationships and being a an authentic servant leader that's truly committed to the people around them. We have to have credibility. So people will be willing to accept our help. So they'll be willing to, to work along with us and collaborate with us to to lift each other to greater heights um, and I think as long as we can do our best to be consistent and uh, remember that it, it takes a long time to develop credibility It but that credibility can be eroded almost instantaneously if we just do something stupid um, again not not saying that you have to be perfect but we're talking about a, a major mistake that we're not willing to own up to um, where we're just blowing smoke and trying to get people to just do what we say because we're taking the shortcut route. If that's what we do, our credibility is going to take a major hit and it'll take a long time to earn back that trust, to earn back the, the lost credibility. So um, we're about out of time, Eric. It has been a pleasure talking with you about this topic. Um, we'll continue this series on servant leadership. And, uh, and I hope listeners will continue to tune in and, and, you know, listen to what we have to say, but then think about how it applies to your workplace, your experiences. And I'm sure there's aspects of this that we haven't even discussed um, that are pretty important that you might have um, come up in your mind as you were listening. I hope you'll be self-reflective and consider your own context, your own situation as it relates to your credibility in the workplace with the people that you lead and serve. Um, any final word before we close today, Eric? No, that's perfect. We'll leave it there. That was good. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Thanks, Dr. Russell, again, for joining me on this discussion. I hope everyone stays healthy and safe and that you can find continual meaning and purpose at work. I hope everyone has a great week.